It's time for those NFC draft ditties. These are trends that Matt Williamson, my esteemed co-host, <laughs> is noticing with certain franchises every year in the draft. It's an annual event. Draft trends. We're doing the NFC today. What are those NFC teams doing in the draft every year? And will that continue in 2023? Coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For those of you watching us on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed up, by the way, on the brand new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Peacock and Williamson is where you can find it. Uh, you might notice that Matt is uh, hanging out in, in shiny, sunshiny, Indianapolis at the scouting combine looks like uh, some nice weather for you in Indy this year, man. There's supposed to be. It looks like it over my shoulder. I've got a lovely view here of the Indiana State Museum, so that's oh. pretty nice. A nice little walk over to the uh, convention center and to the field. But it was a pretty rainy trip here from Pittsburgh. It wasn't a real yeah. pleasant ride. But um, let's dig in. You know, I mean, yeah. we, 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 I hope to hear a lot from here. I uh, got some dinner set up. It's, it's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. Matt's going to get his steak on. And so, oh, yeah. knows, no doubt, with some lubed up uh, uh, shrimpies, executives and, and those anonymous yeah. scouts who love to, to chat. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get some anonymous reports from Matt Williamson from the Combine. And tomorrow, by the way, is our uh, Wednesday weekly mailbag episode as well. So get your questions in if they are for Matt Combine specific or either of us or NFL or uh, how Matt eats his steak at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL for those questions tomorrow. But today we're talking NFC draft ditties. We uh, finished up the uh, AFC draft ditties yesterday. So check out the Monday pod if you want the AFC version. But every single team in the league, this is what Matt sees is uh, trends that are happening with some of these franchises. So let's start with the NFC East, Matt. Yeah, I actually have three here for the Cowboys. Sometimes I have one, sometimes I have three. And again, please feel free if you guys find some trends, just send me a tweet on them and I'll add them to the mix. And just, I, I love this kind of thing. So since drafting Quincy Carter in the second round in 2001, Ooh. Dallas has picked five other quarterbacks. That's not very many. However, over those, however, their five average draft position is also 148th overall. I mean, think about it. they got Romo for free. Dak came late, so they haven't been throwing a lot of picks at early quarterbacks at all. Another one, you want to chime in there? Go ahead. Yeah, I just well, first of all, you know, going back 20 years here with this one, right. and you look at. I think they got lucky before they were forced to draft guys, right? So they found Romo and right, they realized, right. yeah, do we, maybe we don't have to draft the guy. Then they found Dak in the fourth round. It's like, hey, we got another one. We don't have to draft the guy early. We don't have to draft our 1.1 Troy Aikman now. Yeah, actually come to think of it, um, Romo replaced Bledsoe, who they traded for or signed. So they didn't draft him either, you know, so it's been a good run. Um, they the first for Bledsoe, though. They might have. I didn't include him in this mix. I yeah, was thinking okay. about dra draftable dudes. So another old one. This one goes back to the year I graduated high school. So since drafting Russell Maryland first overall in 1991, Dallas has not drafted a defensive tackle in the top 50 picks overall. It's a pretty long stretch. I'm an old man. I was high school was a long time ago for me. Wow. Okay. So How about that? Are, 
Is that a statement of how they value edge players over interior guys? It's a good question. I don't have a great reason for your offensive lineman. Yeah, right, right, tackles. right. So this is only a defensive side of the ball thing with the interiors. Maybe they just didn't see the value with those players. Or uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's just an organizational philosophy. Yeah, uh, top 50. We're not talking about a first round. I mean, we're talking about second rounders as well. So, I can't even think of a lot of headlining defensive right. tackles either for the Cowboys over the course. We're, we're going back to 91 here. Too. 91, right, exactly. So here's one a little more recent from Dallas. So since 2015, They've made 15 picks in either the first or second round. But only four of them have been on offense. I mean, 11 of those 15 on defense. Some good trends, some solid trends for the Dallas Cowboys here, kicking things off today on the NFC side. What about those New York Giants? So if you listened to this episode last year or the year before or the year before, I just keep cutting and pasting this one until it goes away. I'm sure there's other trends, but this one's just too good to pass up. And since 1984, Four, New York, or, or wait, I'm sorry, in 1984, the Giants selected Carl Banks third overall. Since then, they have not drafted a linebacker in the first round. I was 11 for that one. That's pretty amazing. Talking about going way back. We're going to the 80s here. 1984. <laughs> yeah. I remember this one now from last year. Right. That's right. right. Oh, Carl Banks, 1984. They haven't drafted a first round linebacker since and uh, probably won't buck the trend this year. I wouldn't think. And it has to be an organizational thing as well, you know. Philadelphia Eagles, are you going all the way back to the 1980s here? <laughs> um, once, so come to think of it, they have not picked a running back in the first round since 1983, since we're talking about the 80s. People are, oh, Bijan's going. Yeah. Bijan at number 10. Yeah. All right. I mean, that would be the first time since Jaws was the quarterback in Philly. But I don't think an analytically driven front office. Um, I think, you know, for a team that has a lot, much like it was a couple years ago for the Kansas City Chiefs when they, they ended the first round after a Super Bowl win and drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It felt like, uh, you know, hey, we, we're pretty stacked everywhere. Let's go get this playmaking running back and have some fun. I can see why people are penciling in Bijan Robinson to them because there's not a lot of needs. When you're doing mock drafts, you know, you, you look a lot need-based. But I think the way this analytically driven front office is, uh, I'd be surprised if it's a running back for them. Oh, me too. And th- this is maybe the trendiest team of all. I mean, so – People, a lot of people don't value off the ball linebackers either. Well, they haven't drafted one the first two rounds since 2012. It's a long time. And you got another one here, don't you? Yeah, I got two more. Okay. Oh, geez. <laughs> this one might change because corners are valued, but they haven't drafted a first round corner since 2002. I mean, that's a long stretch. Ooh, With two first-round picks, one. that one's in danger. That's the one that's in danger this year. It's been yeah. 20 years. Uh, I like that 10th pick for a corner with yep. Bradbury potentially on the way out there. And then there's a, a receiver one. So I'm including A.J. Brown in this as a first-round pick since it was a first-round swap. They, they've drafted 11 wide receivers since 2014. That's a big number, but really three in the first round in a row. I mean, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, including A.J. Brown. So, right, yeah. You know, they've dedicated three first-round picks to wide receivers over the last year. And, you know, year. they weren't scared away from a miss to go back and then right. to go back again and say, well, let's let's make sure we're good here and help our quarterback out. I like that. Not afraid of their misses. It's important. Okay, you know, finish up the East here with the Commanders. They also yeah, have a wide Washington receiver commanders trend. draft trends. Just once in 20 years have they used their first pick on a wide receiver before last year, before taking Dotson last year. So that's a pretty long stretch. I mean, it, it – and then they're and then their most 
recent seven first round picks, only two have been on offense. So that's not a massive trend, but we know that all the defensive linemen they've been taking in the first round. So that's right. completely. And I was recently thinking about that with the with Washington because they went four straight years, right? With or maybe even five straight years with the defensive four, lineman yeah. in the first round. Sweat, and then now Alan Payne. Yeah, so you have Deron Payne that comes up for free agency. And it's like, oh, wait a second. We got to pay all these guys too. We can't really do it. So now you have to yeah. let a guy walk that you drafted in the first round. So maybe there's, you know, and look, defensive line, you're preaching to the choir, super valuable position. But maybe there's a reason why you shouldn't go too overboard too much on the same position group, you know, thinking right, about right, right. Those, uh, those Matt Millen Detroit Lions teams with the wide receivers. And then they finally hit on one on Megatron. So it actually turned out okay for them because they got the best one last and weren't scared off of that. Um, and maybe we'll see if it's the the case for Washington with uh, with 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 Chase. Lineman, right. Yeah. And um, it's just hard to pay all those guys because they all come up it. one year after another. Right. This day and age in the NFL. Right. So how Let's about this? Let's go Chicago Bears. Let's, let's okay. move on to the NFC North here, and then, and then we'll come back and finish the North. We'll hit South and West as well in the NFC. Well, the Bears and Texans are picking first and second in this draft, remember? And it just kind of dawned on me, if you listen to the last year's or yesterday's show, the Texans went a long stretch without making early picks. Well, the Bears are the same. So I'm including the, them using the 11th overall pick on Justin Fields. That included... Their average first pick over the last four years has been still 41.5 overall. It's just too late. You know, they, they have made five second round selections over the last three years. But still, on average, you're picking 41.5 over a four-year stretch, including the 11th pick in the draft. I mean, that was Khalil Mack trade, things like that. that are, right. you know, it hurts you. And you had to go up to get the 11th pick, but then you also used one of your first round picks. So that's why you didn't have it the next year too. Good point. Good point. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And, and I think this is a second sure, draft. As long as the bears have been around, I'm pretty sure this is the first time in their team's history. They've had the number one overall pick, right? I think that's true. Yeah. I'm almost or certain. At least in, yeah. in, in modern, certainly super modern rare, history. I think. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Since the seventies for sure. All right. Next let's finish up the NFC North draft ditties. We've got Detroit lions, green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, then the NFC South and NFC West draft trends. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by built bar. If you're looking for that delicious treat that is actually healthy for you. So delicious that you wouldn't think that they're good for you. Well, this is the perfect treat for you. Don't want all the calories. Don't want all the fat. You want high in protein. You want low in sugar. Then you got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, first of all, all the crazy flavors, and I don't know how they do it. Now they've got maple donut flavor uh, <laughs> Built Bars on the <laughs> website right now to go with peanut butter brownie and coconut almond and churro and all the favorites. They've got Built Bar Puffs, too, with the marshmallowy insides and they're all almost all the built bar flavors are covered in 100% real chocolate too. That's right. Legitimate, delicious, real chocolate, but most built bars are only 130 calories have only four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. It's the kind of treat you want to reach for if you don't want to wreck your diet. So get rid of all those terrible for you snacks and get something that's got those, those good for you macro. When you're trying to maintain those macros on your diet, right? It's all about the macros these days. Well, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein. That is the combination. You can also find not only at built.com all of the built bar delicious flavors, you can find them on your store shelves now as well at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Four boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate in the pharmacy section at Walmart. And at Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like 
brownie batter, and churro. And then you can thank us later. And of course, find all the flavors and varieties at built.com. NFC South draft trends. Bears down. Let's go to the Detroit Lions next, Matt. Yeah, here's some ineptitude. I mean, so after using the second overall pick on Aiden Hutchinson, Detroit's average first pick over the past three years has been fourth overall. I mean, that's pretty sad. Um, This is working out for them, though. So over the last eight years, four of Detroit's first picks were used on offensive linemen. And now they've won the best offensive lines in the league. At least that's working for them. And yeah, that's right, right, right. picks for their quarterback that they drafted number one overall uh, in 2010, was it? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so they've been yeah. drafting high a lot and they've hit some good players. They just haven't put together a f- football team. Right. Right. Uh, the Packers have a very distinct trend. So every one of the Packers' first picks since 2011, with the exception of Jordan Love, has been on defense, including two first round picks last year. <laughs> and then the track. one time that, that all the Packers fans and Aaron Rodgers and stuff, <laughs> right. like, oh, we're going to get that wide receiver. Now this is the year they do go offense, but it's another quarter, but it's a quarterback who may be the starter this year, but you would think the defense would be better. Like green Bay was my fa- favorite fantasy defense last year. I'm going to get them late. Their first round picks everywhere. Well, they're not that good. Yeah. They, that defense really disappointed last year. Yeah. You know what I find fascinating? I just, remembered and remember because all the trade downs the next team the minnesota vikings did last year uh mm-hmm. which is i think part of your draft trends it here. is it is they yeah. allowed teams they allowed the teams in their division to get potential superstar players and specifically sp- potentially superstar wide receivers yeah and good point james with, williams with, right yeah, james williams and and the way that uh, christian watson looks for the packers vikings is the is the strategy working out for them i don't think so i mean even with go i mean this is a four-year stretch They've had 48 draft picks in the last four years. Now, nine were in the first or second round. Six were in the third. Eight were in the fourth. Seventh in the fifth. Eight in the sixth. Nine in the seventh. Nine seventh round picks aren't going to yield a lot. So, But they've been spread out. I mean, you would think that their backups, their depth, their young talent would be phenomenal. 48 draft picks in four years. Yeah, and I don't feel like their depth. No. And maybe we just don't know about it because we haven't seen them play yet. And we'll start to see that the fruits on the field, but I don't feel like they have better depth than anybody else around the league. And they haven't even gotten lucky and hit on like big time stars or, or even starters right, right. that I can think of really on that roster either. And when you talk about 48 over four years, that's well over an extra. That's, that's like almost two extra drafts. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, you'd think you'd find a six round diamond in the rough or, you know, a fifth round stud, you know, no, not at all. NFC South draft trends now and the Atlanta Falcons, Matt, what do you find for them? Yeah. I mean, obviously Matt Ryan was in place in Atlanta for a long time, but still before taking Desmond Ritter 74th overall, the, the last time Atlanta selected a quarterback was was on Sean Renfrey. It was the 249th pick overall that year. And the only quarterback selected by the Falcons since they drafted Matt Ryan in 2008. So since taking Matt Ryan, they've taken Sean Renfrey, 259, and Ritter last year. <laughs> uh, so You're thinking these are backups, or yeah, I'm, just, I'm just trying. I'm racking my brain. I, I've never I heard of Sean Renfrey. <laughs> Me neither. He may, may did he make the team? And I, I no study idea. this all day, every day, Matt, and I do not remember a human being named Sean Renfrey. Yep, he's the only guy on this uh, document of mine that has the red squiggly line under his name because I, my laptop doesn't <laughs> Your recognize doesn't even it. Know who he is. And I'm not <laughs> even going to change yeah. it to put it in because I don't need to know that name ever again. <laughs> Until next year, baby. Right, so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, 
Carolina Panthers. So this year, Carolina currently owns the ninth overall pick. In half of the last 12 years, they've picked ninth or earlier. It's not the best one ever, but, you know, pick at the top. Will they, will, they pl- will they pick ninth this year? Man? I don't think so. I think they move. I think they're a definite move up candidate. Mm, I like the Panthers move up as well. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans Saints draft trends. They're the opposite of Minnesota. So since 2008, they've only drafted 86 players. That's just 5.7 draft picks per year. And over the f- past four years, tw- they've only made 20 picks. And seven of those were in the sixth and seventh round, like throwaway picks. All these trade-ups for Alave and Penning and all these type of things. You know, So uh, they're not bringing in any quantity. So over that same time period, because it was also four years for the Vikings, the Saints right. have made 20 picks. The Vikings have made 48 picks. That's Almost correct, many. which is crazy because twice as many. you would think if you're the Saints maxing out your credit card all the time, just bring in a ton of picks and hope some things stick for those depth guys. But they're all in when draft. They're all in on free agency. I mean, like I said, it's always Mardi Gras in New Orleans. That seems wow. That's it's really impressive. That the Saints have been able to sustain being competitive. Yeah, only drafting eighty six players in fifteen years. Fifteen years. That's bonkers. That's a long stretch. I mean, and like I said, a lot of those were seventh and sixth rounders. How about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man? Yeah, and they have a real good one for them. But for seven straight drafts, they've used a top fifty pick on a defensive player. And it's a good defense. It's showing, you know, Vita yep. Bea, you know, Hall it's, last year, you know. They've, they've kind of, yeah, they, they've kind of, they drafted some stars. And then as the shine comes off of some of the stars they hit on four or five years ago, six years ago, and then the guys they drafted recently toward the end of the first round have been like, okay, rotational mm-hmm. guys, but not stars. And now some of the defensive backs that they, that they really hit on well and a lot of those after the first round. Uh, th- those guys are coming up on free agency, getting banged up, and it's an it's an interesting team because I feel like they could fall apart at any moment. And and yeah, bordering on, uh, and look, a lot of Bucks fans are kind of asking for it. They're like, "Cool, that was fun, Brady run, tank with Trask." And Bruce Arians was talking recently about what it looks like, and they're kind of like made it seem like, "Yeah, we're kind of just going to roll with." with Trask. And I don't know if that's just lying about things and they've got some plans at quarterback that they don't want to let people in on, or maybe just getting their fans ready because, Hey, you know, we might try to do something. Maybe we can't do it. And we're going to roll with Kyle Trask. But, uh, and actually I think I have the quote somewhere. I don't know. I can't find it. Never mind. Um, yeah. It's not pulled up, but uh, taken with Trask. What do you think? Is this a year where a bunch of teams are going to try to go get that number one overall pick and potentially Caleb Williams? Cause I, 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 yeah. I could see the truck going either direction. They could win that division. They could pick first overall. I mean, we've all made massive mistakes with, oh, next year's quarterback class is going to be better than this one, blah, 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 yeah. you know. But it does look like there's two elite prospects, the North Carolina kid and Williams, who you mentioned from USC. And if I'm Tampa, I have eyes on those guys. And that might mean trading Mike Evans, trading Godwin. Does that mean trading Vitavea? I don't know. But, you know, back to this Diddy real quick, a top 50 pick – you look at that on draft day as that's a starter, you know, maybe not year one, but almost nine out of 10 times. So if you had a defensive starter through the draft seven years in a row, that's, you know, I think that's noteworthy. <laughs> What's that? You'd be pretty stacked if that's the case. You would think. And they're, they've kind of shown that the Devin Whites and Winfields and Tryons. I mean, they've all been yeah. good, you know. 
Let's finish this up. The NFC Draft Diddies draft trends for every team in the NFL, finishing it up with the NFC West. Do you want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day? Now make your second listen locked on NFL draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects, deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchises. Find Locked On NFL Draft, the new Locked On NFL Draft, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go. A, a division I'm very familiar with, Matt, sure. the NFC West. And uh, there's some really good ones in this division because there's just some weird teams that that are doing things a certain way, especially those Los Angeles Rams. But I'm interested to hear first your Arizona Cardinals draft, Diddy. Yeah, so over the last six drafts, They've made five first-round picks, three for a linebacker, two for a quarterback. That's that. <laughs> that is kind of wild, right? That's I'm really funny, of, yeah. Yeah, I'm and, and is a linebacker. Right, it will, and they used him and wrong. he was at the time, yeah. They, right. yeah. they drafted an edge player and stuck him at linebacker, which was the wrong thing to do, and then went and drafted – just a, a safety to play linebacker who's right. not quite worked out right. And then a guy who actually is an off-ball linebacker, but is shaped like an edge player. It's about twice as big as this on Reddick. And then, of course, you know, drafted top 10 um, quarterback in Rosen. Then came back the next year and like, yeah, we didn't like what we saw out of him. And this guy's better anyway. So credit them for 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 not just, you know, doubling down and and – and the sunk cost fallacy, right, of drafting a quarterback two years in a row. I can't think of a team that's done anything like yeah. that at all. But that's throwing uh, away an early pick. Right, but Rosen, you're definitely you're right. throwing away an early pick. and You're giving up on them early. They did get a pick back. They got a second rounder back at least at that point because they got out of it early, which was smart, and they got a better quarterback, and they did. And we'll see what that quarterback ends up uh, playing like because it's been up and down for Kyler Murray as well. But that's strange. It is strange. Two quarterbacks, yeah. three linebackers. Yep, and – I, I can't phrase it this way for the publication because they just want facts. But instead of three of those five were for a linebacker, I probably should have said three of those five were for a defensive square peg that they shoved in a round hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That, right. I mean, that is strange. And I look, they have new management now, new head coach, new GM. I, I thought for a while that Steve Kime might have had some like, you know, secret pictures of owner Michael Bidwell, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because like, I don't, I don't know how he held his job for as long. And it, it's, it's really odd that you would allow a GM to whiff that hard on a quarterback and then go pick another one. Try it again. Right. Yeah. It's bizarro. So hopefully there's some stability there, but you can see why they're picking third overall after the, what I just laid out there. Do you think this uh, Los Angeles Rams strategy we've seen over the last five years or so is working out for them with some of their stars they're having to to cut now? It's debatable. They have a ring, so everything's gravy. I mean, that's all that really matters, and uh, so wonderful. Um, but they also, during that stretch, were remarkably healthy. They were the healthiest team in the league for three or four years in a row, which is strange. But, okay, so everyone basically knows that um, they have not had a first-round pick since selecting Jared Goff first overall in 2016. We know that's a long stretch. But what they're really good at is the comp pick game. So despite not having a selection in the first round, they still averaged nine picks over the last five years. So they brought in 45 guys in five years. But the highest-drafted player in that span is Cam Akers at 52 overall. 
So no early picks, but they're still at least bringing in guys. Wow. And then not even anything above, not even anything in the top 50, let alone a first round pick. Right. So this year, assuming they stick at the early second round, will be their earliest pick in the last five years. Last six, including this year. It's, yeah. By the way, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, maybe we'll get this into our mailbag Wednesday episode. Has to be the longest stretch ever without a first round pick, right? For, I would for imagine. Team. I mean, at least since I've been doing this, I mean, it certainly is. I mean, Jared Goff was the last one. He's getting old. <laughs> age out of the league. Right, right. 2016. Wow, that is that is unbelievable. Remarkable. Not even a, not even a top 50 pick, let alone a first round pick. Yeah, it's nuts. What do you got for my San Francisco 49ers, man? So in 2020, they only made five picks. But from 2013 to 2022, they still averaged 9.3 picks per year. And I, I think this year applies even better. You know, as you know better than anyone, they don't have early picks. I think, what is it, 100 is their first pick? But because they've, but they still are going to make several picks. They're not going to just take two guys out of the draft class. They're still making, they're still bringing in new bodies. They're, they're going to raise that average this year. Yeah, right, right. Because they have 10 picks and they might trade up but they've got those three comp picks that I think they're projected to be pick 99, then another team selects, and then they finish up round three with 101 and 102. So I think okay. that's where their, their first three picks are stacked together at the very end in the comp portion of round three. But they've traded away their first round pick as part of, it's the last pick finally for the, the Trey Lance trade up in the 2021 mm-hmm. draft. They traded away their second, third, and fourth round picks for Christian McCaffrey and a fifth round pick next year. Um, so their their original first, second, third, and fourth round picks have all been traded away, but they have three third round picks still because of the comp game. They've got a, a fifth and an extra seventh, and so they still have 10 picks in this draft. Yeah, so th- that's why I kind of went this direction is this draft kind of epitomizes what they've been doing. Even though they went all in on a guy, they're still bringing in 9.3 draft picks per year over a 10 draft stretch. And let's finish it up with the Seattle Seahawks, Matt. Another one, a lot of these teams are really interesting with their number of picks in this division. So very strange. I'm sure some people remember this, but I'm sure it slipped some people's minds around Seahawks fans. In 2021, the Seahawks only made three picks. Like that's as low as you'll ever see. Three picks in 2021. But before 2021, they averaged 9.7 players drafted in the nine drafts before that. And last year, 2022, they also average, They also brought in nine guys, including two, two first-round picks. And they currently have two first-round picks. So really, really weird year in 2021 where they only made three picks. But back to, from 2012 till 2000 now, which is the same regime with this team, they value bringing in a lot of guys. And might have had the best draft of any team in the league in 2022. Good point. Good point. And I'm not looking at it, but they traded a lot of first round picks in that time too. you know, Jamal Adams and Jimmy Graham. And, you know, so they weren't always picking high, but they're still selecting a lot of guys over the last 10 plus years. There it is. An annual event. The 2023 draft ditties from Matt Williamson. If you have some to add, hit us on Twitter at Williamson NFL at BD Peacock. That's the same place to get your Twitter questions in for tomorrow's mailbag episode as well. Thanks again, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.